worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Welcome to SaskAg Today, brought to you by Milligan Bio, a leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. And good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the special edition of Sask Egg Today, live from the Western Canadian Crop Production Show here at Prairie Land Park in Saskatoon. I'm Ryan Young. And I'm Doug Falconer from GX94 in Yorkton. We got uh, quite the show lined up for you today, uh, not the least of which, Doug, uh, we got the Provincial Ag Minister. You betcha David Merritt was here this morning at the Crop Production Show. He made a major announcement regarding funding for some crop research. We'll have all of those details coming up for you. Absolutely, and uh, we also got Kevin Hirsch. Uh, he was a busy man the other day. He was over at the uh, Crop Development Commission annual general meetings at the Western Development Museum, so we got a few things uh, about uh, the Saskatchewan pulse growers as well as Sask Flax. And hopefully we'll get to uh, also a story with Brett Halstead, the uh, outgoing uh, chair of the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. Of course, they had their annual general meeting yesterday as well. And we'll uh, get into uh, the show here first with uh, Precision Weather with Phil Spivak. Again, you're listening to Sask Ag Today, live from the Western Canadian Crop Production Show in Saskatoon. We'll be back. The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. easily into the coldest point of this winter as we have gone from that mild air to more seasonable temperatures very briefly to now this and in reality a very short time frame to go from such an extended period of warmth to this much colder arctic air mass which is really locked in right through this weekend and early next week as well we have some snow as well for the Yorkton area still ongoing with an additional three to six centimeters the snowfall warning in effect for the day other areas into Regina, Saskatoon, not really seeing much accumulation. A centimeter or two for Regina, Saskatoon, just some flurries. But it's the cold air that's dropping in behind that front, which is more noteworthy, and also the wind which is accompanying it, because as the temperatures fall down out of the minus teens into the minus 20s, the wind dusting 30 to 50 kilometers per hour puts that wind chill well down in the minus 30s. So some dangerous cold this afternoon and continuing through tonight. The wind will ease up very slightly, but still generally in the 20 to 35, 20 to 40 range overnight. Temperatures around minus 24, Yorkton uh, down to minus 26 in Saskatoon, and windchill near minus 38 across the region. Cloudy sky, some flurries still around, 
The Orchard area could see a light accumulation, a centimeter or so. Other areas, just a couple of flurries, partly sunny at times. Temperatures in the low minus 20s. The best chance for flurries on Friday is into the Regina area. Saskatoon, partly sunny. Yorkton, partly sunny. Just a couple of isolated flurries. Regina, though, could see two to four centimeters. Temperatures in the mid minus 20s. The wind not as strong by Friday. It becomes lighter through the day tomorrow and then stays light Friday. Friday night, it picks up, though, into the weekend. Temperatures are frigid. Wind chills are going to be down close to minus 40 at times. That's that danger point in the wind chill scale. If you take out the cold and just look at the weather, the weekend's okay, but it is going to be really dangerous cold, especially in the morning hours each day. But even daytime, we're not going to see much improvement after temperatures are in the low minus 30s overnight. We barely get above minus 30 during the day, and we're back into the mid minus 20s with sunshine and a few clouds on Sunday. Temperatures do trend back up into early week, back toward normal, but no sign of normalcy in sight. We are going to be into this Arctic air mass as I mentioned early next week, but main indications that it lasts right through next week. Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for this time of period in the Regina area is right around minus 11 degrees. Normal lows, minus 23. Sun rose in the Queen City at around 8.57 this morning, and the sun will set at around 5.16 late this afternoon. Taking a look around the province in Assiniboia, minus 20. Estevan, minus 17. Uh, Yorkton and Melville right around that temperature. Mooseman, minus 16 degrees. Weyburn, minus 17. Swift Current and Saskatoon are sitting at minus 21 degrees. Uh, the warm spot in the province is over in Broadview at minus 16.4. And the cold spot up in Uranium City at minus 39 degrees. That's really cold. In Regina, some light blowing snow, north-northwest wind at 37 kilometers an hour, humidity 75%, temperature minus 19 or minus 2 Fahrenheit, and the barometric pressure is at 100.4 and rising. In Moose Jaw, light blowing snow as well, northwest wind at 36 to 46 kilometers an hour, and the temperature there is minus 20. Temperatures around the GX94 listening area right now. The Paw is at minus 20 degrees, Swan River minus 18, Dauphin minus 14, Brandon minus 11, Shoal Lake Russell and Roblin at minus 16. The Yorkton-Melville region has some light snow, a north-northeast wind at 32, gusting to 46 kilometers per hour. It's uh, minus 17 degrees. With the wind chill, it feels more like minus 30 degrees. Yesterday, Yorkton reached a high of minus 14 degrees and dropped to a low of minus 25 degrees. There was no precipitation recorded in the 24-hour period ending at midnight last night. Yorkton has apparently received all of its snow today. The normal high for Yorkton on this date is minus 13. The normal low is minus 24. The sun rose in Yorkton at 8.51 this morning, and it will set at 5.04 this afternoon. The Manitoba hot spot yesterday was Cypress River at minus 9 degrees. The cold spot was Lynn Lake at minus 40. The Saskatchewan hot spot yesterday was Maple Creek at plus 4 degrees. The cold spot was Key Lake at minus 44 degrees. And that's a look at your agriculture weather. Please stay tuned. Saskag Today will continue right after these messages.
SaskAg Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. And welcome back to SaskAg Today. I'm GX94 News Director and Agriculture Director Doug Falconer, along with Ryan Young, the 620 CKRM Regina Agri-News Director. And we're at Crop Production Show in Saskatoon. It's day two. And Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt made a research funding announcement at this Western Canadian Crop Production Show this morning here in Saskatoon. He spoke with reporters following his speech at the Saskatchewan Oats Development Commission annual general meeting. Well, obviously, it's it's all our big it's some of our funding research dollars, uh, fourteen point seven million. Uh, as I said, two point two or twelve point two of that is into research projects, fifty six different ones. The two point five is really going to be a dedicated dedicated funding to really look at uh, um, you know root rot in in peas and lentils that we think is uh, obviously something of great importance for the pulse sector here in the province of Saskatchewan, and so to the pulse industry as well, and and other partners are are as part of that funding as well. So uh, we felt it was very important for that and uh, the one thing I do really want to commend is the ADF committee for really doing the allocation of the funding. They're the ones that go through all the projects and say, okay, these are the ones that are really important to the producers here. Uh, it just takes the whole uh, perspective of a government making the uh, announcement or picking the project that really gives it to uh, grassroots people, which are farmers, ranchers, academia, and some uh, obviously some ministry officials that make the final decisions on what projects are going to get funded. So this is good news. We're seeing increase in funding again. Uh, that's been ongoing now for probably uh, at least 10 years where we've seen an increase in funding. So the researchers, and I talked to a couple of them this morning, are very happy with uh, with the funding, and that's uh, really what it's all about. And, uh, you know, the industry here in the province of Saskatchewan is growing. We're growing globally. Our, uh, uh, companies around the world are starting to recognize what we're doing here and how we're doing it. And uh, we really need these research projects to go. And if we need, we have to put the funding there. If we're going to attract some of the best researchers in the world, which we do, uh, we have to put the dollars there. And uh, I'm very happy to make the announcement here today. The general public is familiar with club root as being a canola disease, but right. general, general public may not be so familiar with root rot, aphanomyces, right. and the damage it's doing. So uh, maybe just explain it just to the, the average person. Well, I'll leave that to the science researchers, obviously, to do it. I mean, as a farmer, I've seen it too. And, uh, you know, in uh, in my part of the world, we're seeing it starting to spread, and it's obviously causing some concerns in a lot for a lot of farmers. So uh, this is a very important project. I hope that we we can find the culprit here and uh, and come to a re- resolve so that the industry can t- continue to grow. But uh, when you start seeing it firsthand out there in rural Saskatchewan, it ha- does have a devastating uh, impact on the economy and the industry. So uh, I hope this project and uh, with the researches that we have on it, hopefully we can find a solution and uh, and and. Uh, Get an end to uh, to this club uh, to uh, root rot. And the pulse growers themselves, through their levies, are paying a, a good chunk of yep. uh, for this research. You project. bet, you bet. They're a big partner in this thing, and so are we, and so are others as well. Even uh, either other commissions are part of it as well. So it's very important, and I think that's what you're seeing as as uh, agriculture has evolved here in the province of Saskatchewan through crop rotation. 
and uh, obviously the pulse industry is important to the cereal industry and it's important to the canola industry and all vice versa they all interlink and they all connect and i think you're starting to see some great collaboration between all the commissions and saying okay this project isn't just important for wheat or for pulse or for canola it's important for all of us so uh that's good to see it's really good to see the collaboration and uh, the commissions working together Right and uh, as for uh, the planning itself, when it comes to, uh, I guess, the, the resource organizations, which, uh, which sort of uh, companies have been identified as uh, where this money's going to go and who's going to be doing this research? Well, the research, most of it's through Crop Development Centre, a lot of projects through there, through the university, and, uh, and that's where, you know, that's where it's kind of gone. And uh, the number of researchers at the university, I, I couldn't get into the number of people that are doing it, but it's good to see that, uh, that we have that kind of uh, commitment both from uh, the researcher side, but also from the industry. As I said before, it's really important for us to put the dollars on the table so we can attract some of the top researchers from around the world. And that's what we're doing. And uh, you're seeing that collaboration at the U of S as well as is trying to attract those researchers from around the world. You had mentioned as well in there about uh, about drought resilience. Uh, are there any yeah. sort of projects that are ongoing that uh, that might be targeted with this? Well, there is, and and you're starting to see it. I mean, uh, canola has done that now. A lot of research here for uh, you know more drought resistant varieties. You're starting to see it in cereals as well. Uh, so it's uh, that research is kind of always ongoing. And, uh, you know, you just have to look at canola over the last 10, 15 years and what's happened there and where it's growing now versus where it was, say, 10 years ago. It's pretty well grown all across the province. And now you're seeing straight cut varieties where now a lot of farmers are straight cutting canola. So, you know, that that's where research is done for us. And it's got us to those stages. And same thing with lentils or peas. We're seeing higher protein values. We're seeing higher yielding varieties. And we're obviously seeing different varieties as well. So uh, that's what research does. And that's why we want as a government uh, be dedicated to it and be part of the uh, research projects you know uh, besides uh, I guess uh, the roots and uh, drought resistance are there any other sort of initiatives that you would want to showcase uh, there's probably there's quite a few and I you know to for me to get into the list it, it's too much academia and I'll let the researchers tell you exactly what they're going to do because I'll tell you I would probably just uh, really slur the words and wouldn't do it any justice thanks thanks, thanks. and are you happy to see the snow yeah, I am. I'm very happy to see the snow. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, my part of the world in the south, uh, south central and southwest, we really need it. And uh, hopefully we got some of it down there, too. I know I was in Saskatoon here yesterday and saw it fall all day. So, yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of farmers out there that are finally glad to see some snow. And hopefully we continue to see some more so we get some runoff. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt. He made that funding announcement this morning here at the Western Canadian Crop Production Show in Saskatoon. Saskag Today will continue right after this. Now today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. And My Grain Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. All right, welcome back to Saskag Today. Of over 500 Saskatchewan fields sampled in 2023, just one new field was added to the list of fields where clubroot DNA was detected. Clubroot is a serious soil-borne disease of canola. 
by proactively monitoring club route in Saskatchewan. The government of Saskatchewan says it's working with producers and other industry partners to minimize its impact. The 2023 results bring the total number of commercial fields with visible club root symptoms tested since 2018 to 82. However, the number of commercial fields identified to have the club root pathogen through DNA testing rises from 42 to 43. The 2023 Saskatchewan club root distribution map shows the rural municipalities where club root has been identified since the province started surveying for the disease. The Club Root Monitoring Program provides free soil testing bags for producers and industry agronomists paid for by the province, SAS Canola, some rural municipalities, and the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities distribute the soil testing bags, with SAS Canola paying for the tests. The year 2023 could be classified as a success for Canada's pulse markets, with hopes of a repeat for 2024. That's according to the Vice President of Pulse Canada. Greg Northey says crop production bounced back in spite of challenging growing conditions in some areas. Chickpeas and edible beans saw increased production in 2023-24 compared to the previous year, while lentil and dry pea production declined. Despite a smaller crop, lentil demand remained strong last year, especially from India. Pulse Canada received welcome news on December 21st when the Indian government announced it will extend its tariff-free period on lentil exports to the end of March 2025. As of the end of November 2023, Canada exported 355,800 metric tons of lentils to India from licensed facilities during the 2023-24 marketing year to date, compared to 142,900 metric tons one year earlier, according to the Canadian Grain Commission. Last month, India also temporarily dropped all pea import restrictions until March of 2024. The restrictions were in effect since 2018. As the global oil market continued to ready itself for 2024, one analyst believes it's more likely prices will increase than to drop further. Phil Flynn of the Price Futures Group in Chicago said one's outlook on crude oil is predicated on their economic view. He leans more towards the fact that the market is overdone. Flynn says we're going to bottom out shortly, noting that he expects world supplies to tighten in 2024. Until then, Flynn says the oil market was suffering from high anxiety due to the amount of volatility. One case in point was Saudi Arabia cutting its price for oil on January 8th, which saw values for Brent and West Texas intermediate crude oils get hit hard. In the same breath, he points to the risk to supplies that's added some cost to oil, namely the attacks on commercial shipping in the Red Sea being carried out by Iran-supported Houthi rebels in Yemen. Tyson Foods and Cargill say they suspended operations at beef plants in Kansas due to a massive snowstorm reducing U.S. meat production. Blizzard-like conditions had left meatpacking workers stranded on highways on Monday, while others spent the night at the slaughterhouses where they work. Disruptions at plants slashed beef production at a time prices remain high after U.S. ranchers reduced their herds. 
Nationwide, meat packers slaughtered an estimated 94,000 cattle yesterday, down 25% from a week earlier. Cargill, a major producer of ground beef, said it idled a plant in Dodge City, Kansas, due to snow, cold, and loss of power. The plant will reopen once power returns and conditions are safe, which could come as early as today. Meanwhile, Tyson Foods said it cancelled both shifts at its sprawling beef plant in Holcomb, Kansas, after allowing some workers the option of sheltering in place there with a hot meal and drinks on Monday night. And the Canadian Agricultural Human Resource Council is looking to fund agriculture training programs for Indigenous participants this winter. Eligible organizations can access funding between February 1st and March 31st of this year. The training programs must be ready for delivery, so participants may finish them by the end of March. Funding may be used for things like enhancement of programs and materials, funding to deliver training in Indigenous communities or at an institution, and for wraparound supports for participants, such as transportation or childcare allowances. The Council will ask for an in-kind contribution of 10% of the training program's total budget. The deadline to apply is January 31st. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. This portion of SaskAg Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com And Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. And welcome back to a special edition of Sask Egg Today, live from the Western Canadian Crop Production Show at Prairieland Park in Saskatoon. At yesterday's annual meeting of the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers Association, a resolution on variety use agreements, also sometimes referred to as trailing royalties, received a great deal of debate, culminating in a very close vote. SaskAgToday.com's chief agricultural editor was there and has this report. Sask Pulse has a breeding agreement with the private plant breeding company Lima Green, and royalties will be part of the future on new pulse crop varieties being developed. This is a great departure from the 20 years that Sask Pulse funded royalty-free variety development with the university's crop development center. A resolution presented to the Sask Pulse AGM called for pulse varieties funded by levy payers to not have variety use agreements attached. With a variety use agreement, producers can save their own seed, but they have to pay a fee each year they seed it. Many producers spoke both for and against variety use agreements. Those opposed argued that producers shouldn't have to pay twice. They worry about seed costs escalating and producers losing control. Those in favor of variety use agreements, including present and past directors of Sask Pulse, argued that royalties are needed to attract the necessary work to address problems like root rot, saying private companies would otherwise not be interested in relatively small acreage crops like lentils and peas. They also noted that existing varieties will continue to be royalty-free and producers can choose whether new varieties are worth the extra cost. When it came to a vote, the resolution opposing variety use agreements was lost, but it was close with 53% voting against the resolution. For SaskAg Today, 
I'm Kevin Hirsch. Coming up next, after the break here, we're going to have uh, the market updates on the latest futures and the latest street prices from Viterra. You're listening to Sask Ag Today, live from the Western Canadian Crop Production Show. And we're back with Sask Ag Today from the Crop Production Show, and it's time now for the market update. Grain prices at Viterra were down for the most part in early trading today. Canola is down $6 at 580.72 a metric ton. Feed barley is down $5 to 247.58. And number 1 red spring wheat is down $2.18 at 313.44. The rest were unchanged. Durham 446.92, chickpeas 1168.44, flax 631.04, lentils 767.50, oats 290.32. Yellow peas 446.38 and feed wheat 238.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is up a penny at seven dollars and six and a half cents a bushel. Now to the grain and oilseed futures. Canola futures are trading down across the board this hour. March canola trading at 621.10. That's down four dollars twenty cents. May canola trading at 629.30 down $3.60. March Minneapolis wheat trading at 706 and a half, up 1 cent. March Kansas City wheat trading at 624 per bushel, down 3 cents. March Chicago wheat trading at 610 and a half, up a half a cent. March corn trading at 459 and 3 quarters, up a half a cent. March soybeans trading at 1237 and 3 quarters, that's down 10 and a half cents. Uh, March oats trading at $3 per metric ton. I make that per bushel. That's up six and a quarter cents. And that's the commodities update. Please stay tuned. Saskang today will return right after these messages. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. And welcome back to Sask Egg today. The livestock quotes are coming up next, and they're brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. And now here are the latest livestock quotes. U.S. live cattle futures for February are trading at 170.70 this hour. That's down 7. April live cattle trading at 173.65, up 5. March feeder cattle trading at 226.15, up 127. April feeder cattle trading at 231.40, up 105. February lean hogs trading at 71.90, up 2. April lean hogs trading at 78.62, up 12. This segment of Saskag today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com 
This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of January 9th. Our last regular sale was on January 3rd. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.14 to $1.34. D3 cows sold from $0.94 cents to $1.12. Counter cows sold for $0.65 cents to $0.95. Cents. Hatterettes sold from $1.65 to $2.10. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.34 to $1.55. There weren't enough steers or heifers in any one weight break to establish an accurate price quotation, but from what we can see, they're still selling very well. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets the cattle and the prices too. Thank you very much. And we'll take another commercial break here. we got plenty of content coming your way. You're listening to Sask Ag Today live from the Crop Production Show at Prairie Land Park in Saskatoon. Sask Ag today. At yesterday's AGMs, both Sask Canola and Sask Flax approved the amalgamation of the two crop commissions. SaskAgToday.com's chief agricultural editor, Kevin Hirsch, talked with Greg Sundquist, the chair of Sask Flax. The pres- passing of the resolutions, so next AGM in 20, January 2025 will be our last technical meeting. Our last fiscal year will be July 31st, 2024. Um, so at that point in time when, when we are amalgamated, the Saskanola or the entity that is Saskanola will take over our administration. We still have two separate levies, so there'll be a flax levy coming in, a canola levy, one board, and through that board they'll administer both levies. Of course, canola will be working on canola and flax will be working on flax. So by the end of July 31st, 2024, technically the flax commission is, is, is done and it'll be the new, new entity. No, there should be significant cost savings and, and uh, efficiency savings to the amalgamation. Oh, there's there has been already because uh, executive directors that that role is taken over by SAS Canola and the cost structure there has changed. It's, it's we're not hiring a person directly. Um, they're also working under SAS Canola, so they're able to offer that. Um, our we no longer have an office. We no longer have. Uh, phones, telephones, utilities, all that kind of expenses. We used to have staff. We don't have staff anymore, but that's being replaced. We have access to Saskanola staff. So the real change going forward is in rather than two boards of directors, there'll be one board of directors. That is correct. Now, I, I'm, I was curious about that. I'm, I'm surprised that you didn't maintain a board for each of the organizations and just let Saskanola administer it. Um, it gets to be a function of size. If you wanted to combine both boards, it would be 14 people. That gets to be fairly large. So a smaller board is easier to, to maneuver as far as getting people available for meetings. They have a tough time getting people to run for boards. So um, that's one of the reasons why one board to oversee it all. Um, the ability of that board to oversee two organizations is the fact that they both 90% of them I would assume grow both crops so they have an idea what what is needed in both 
both crops, basically. So will there be provisions as this is worked out so that there is flax representation assured on, on the overall board? Because if you just have an election process, you could feasibly get a, a, a slate of candidates that only grow canola. That is one of the things we're, we're, we're looking at as we work for, towards this amalgamation now, because that's a that's a valid concern. Whether it would happen is is a question, but we have to make sure that we do still have a flax. I, I don't know if you call it representative, but you you have a flax position on that board. Yeah. Now your levy collection had taken a hit in the last several years. Was, has that pushed this decision forward? Do you think? Uh, it was a large part of it. We've moved from when I started with the board from 1.2 million in revenue to now we're just over 400 thousand. So as you as your levy, levy decreases, you have less ability to do research, and that's really what you want to do. Um, also, what drove it is our executive director took another very good position, and, and so we were looking how do we continue with uh, with the cost that would be incurred of, of maintaining executive director and other staff and still trying to provide research. And they said Saskanola came along and made us an offer and threw us a lifeline, basically, and I, I, I thank him for that. And, and it's it's going to mean that we are able to continue on and do that work that Flax needs to a maintain itself and b I hope become a much bigger crop. Greg Sundquist, chair of Sask Flax, until the amalgamation is complete one year from now. We're going to take one more commercial break here. Coming up next is the resource report. You're listening to a special edition of Sask Ag Today from the Crop Production Show in Saskatoon. Welcome back to SASCAG Today. Australia's online safety watchdog says the social media platform formerly known as Twitter has seen its global trust and safety staff slashed by 30% since billionaire Elon Musk took over in 2022. That includes an 80% reduction in the number of safety engineers. E-Safety Commission has released summaries of answers provided by X to questions about how its policies about hateful conduct are enforced. The platform's responses to user reports of hateful content have also slowed since Musk took over, with thousands of previously banned accounts reinstated. Over to the markets now, TSX is up 25 points at 20,996. Dow is up 48 points to 37,573. Oil is down 33 cents at $71.91 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 74.70 cents U.S., and that's going to be the resource report. And that's it for today's edition of SaskAg Today. On behalf of 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young, I'm GX94 Agriculture Director Doug Falconer, saying so long from the Western Canadian Crop Production Show in Saskatoon. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.